So this week, we're, we're going to talk about Blue Beetle. It's the newest addition to the DC Universe. Is it, or is it the, the first edition of the new DC Universe? Yes, it is. James Gunn's big reboot. This is the first. The Flash is not canon. The Flash is no longer canon. It, yeah. Yes! Yes! Let's go! Um, <laughs> that's going to peak horribly. That is. Um, the, the, the pop on my mic, because I don't have a pop filter, is going to be dreadful. Oh <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to another installment of the Film Me In podcast, where this week we're going to film you in really, really sad. No, I mean blue, because we're talking about Blue Beetle. Oh, that's awful. That was <laughs> awful. How long did it come to take, how long did it take you to come up with that? everything's in the moment. You think I prep anything, I say. It feels, that one feels like you like came up with it in the shower. You snapped your fingers and went, oh my god, I've got an idea. <laughs> By Jove, I've got it. Great Scott. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Xander, and with me this week, it's just a, it's just a two-man job. I've got oh, Hamish with me. It's just me. Everyone else was unavailable or didn't want to see the movie. Did, didn't care this week. Everyone's had a week off, which is, you know, why there's so many of us. So this I, week, there's so just many of us. Hamish. Exactly. So, so th- this one's actually going to flow a lot better than most of the podcast because it's just going to be. One on one. I genuinely think fun. this might be the most like easy thing to edit for you possible because you're genuinely, not. You're I'm not like so excited intercutting people like <laughs> shit talking one another. Yeah, I'm. I'm not ready for next week when we might have six people. But you know that that's that's uh, something that is going to be like a with. five hour long recording. <laughs> oh. um, this week, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about Blue Beetle, the newest addition into the DC universe. Um, but first, before we get into it, um, do you want to tell me a moan? Right, my moan is super specific and kind of. It's it's very kind of topical to my own situation. So I currently have to live with my family back home because we lost okay. our flat. Me and Alex lost our flat, and it sucks. But you know what else sucks even more? Seven what? Up. Oh, I have a bone to pick with Seven Up. My family <laughs> have like no coke in the house at all. Nothing. It's okay. either water, tea, or Seven Up. Right. Okay. And that is a morbid way to live. Let me tell you, it is an absolutely <laughs> dreadful, dreadful way to live. <laughs> Some days you get a can of 7-Up and it's like, it's beautifully sweet. It's just a little bit limey, a little bit lemony, and it's perfect. And other days, like 7-Up finds you and it beats you with a rock. Like, <laughs> it, it takes your money, your credit card information, and it sleeps with your wife. 7-Up <laughs> is like... It's like the Marmite of drinks. It doesn't... You don't know if... You either love it or you hate it. And if you're caught in that weird place in between, 7-Up has its fucking way with you. I don't know. I just think it's lemonade, isn't it? No, it's not. It's so much worse. <laughs> I've been drinking cans of 7-Up for the past week because there is nothing else in this house to drink other than nasty... Our, our nasty, nasty water, which tastes like you're drinking, like... I don't lead infused water. <laughs> no, no. See, our water in 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 where I live, it um, it tastes slightly metallic. Yeah, and I kind of like that. Ours taste. Oh, you you do great <laughs> over where I am. You do yeah, great. I kind of like it. It's like mm, mm, it's like it's like a little iony, a little bit coppery. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like someone's just put a drop of blood in it instead of cordial. Right, that kind of thing. I have just <laughs> lost a little bit of respect for you now. Um, <laughs> no, seven up is dreadful. I have a bone to pick with it. It just needs it just be fucking consistent per can. This is uh, this is the second um, fizzy drink you've had problems with on this podcast. What was my first? It was Fanta. And I think the price of bottles of Fanta. Oh, it was, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just curious: is does Seven Up have Nazi origins as well? Or I don't know. Give me just, just two seconds. Who <laughs> came up with Seven Up? Let's find out. Seven Up was actually Hitler's favorite drink. Uh... <laughs> Can't imagine them drinking Seven Up during the war, though. I'll be honest. Uh... Feels very modern. Actually, it's it's owned by Pepsi, isn't it? Seven Up. Because Sprite is owned by Coke, and Seven Ups, I'm sure Seven Ups Pepsi. No, Seven Ups American. Yeah, Pepsi's American. Yeah, um, made by Charles Leiper Grigg, um, inventor of Seven Up, originally known as Bib Label Lithinated Lemon Lime Soda. He invented the drink on October 1929 in St. Louis, Mississippi. Oh, or cool. Missouri. Well, well, that was fun. Um, that that was your little educational piece for the day. I haven't, I haven't drunk Seven Up in a long time. Keep it that way. My dad though really loves Cherry Seven Up, so whenever we see it in the supermarket, he goes crazy for it. That sounds dreadful. And it, and if we're like in a in a place where you know they do those um, mix up drinks where you get mm-hmm. like it's a dispenser yeah. and you can add flavorings, I never do that. Because I feel like the flavourings always taste like really separate to the rest of the drink. Uh, but my dad always gets like cherry flavoured whatever. And That's especially awful. seven up. So there you go. It has a place in some people's hearts. Evidently. M- my moan is about so we live in a streaming era for movies. So we'll say we Everything live in a society is... and I was gonna We do live it. in a society, but we also <laughs> live in a streaming era for movies. And almost every film is available on a platform of sorts, mm-hmm. whether it's um, Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus. There's so many streaming services now that every it seems like everything is on it. Um, and I've been doing. I mean, I mentioned it last week. I've been watching all the. Uh, I watched all the Friday the Thirteenth films, all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Yeah. And it's it's kind of irked me how most of these movies are not available on anything. Yeah. So I'm. I'm now watching all the Halloween films, and there is one of the original six that is available to stream on UK streaming services, and that is Halloween Six. Oh, and that's on that's on Paramount Plus for some reason. The rest of them nowhere. Thankfully, I have the first one on Blu-ray. Um, the I have the rebookal on Blu-ray, and then the sequels are on either Netflix or. Uh, now tv and the remakes from uh, the late 2000s are also on netflix but there's five halloween films well there's four halloween films two three four and five that i have no real way to watch other than mystic arts the the dark arts yeah like none of the freddy films are on anything either um there's a bunch of the friday the 13th films that i had to acquire and it's just it's a nightmare. Why? Why did? Why did they make these so difficult? These classic slasher films. Why did they make them so difficult to find? I would you be able to find them on Shutter? 
No, that's it. I've got I've got Wait. an app called uh, Just Watch. Okay. And um, and it tells you where everything is. So if if there's some if it's on any of the streaming services anywhere, whether you have it or not, it will tell you what it's on. And it's that's a really awesome. great app. I rec I recommend you get it. It's really useful. Um, but I've looked for every single one of the movies. Nowhere. Not Nowhere. even Shudder. And I was about to say, Shudder is a specific streaming service for horror films. You'd think Shudder would nowhere. bring them on because, I mean, I for anyone at home listening, like, Shudder's awesome. Shudder is really cool. I really enjoy the content Shudder puts out. I can't afford a subscription, but when I when I could, when I, when, yeah. when, when, when I did, it, it, I mean... I use that subscription weird to a weird amount. Yeah, like there's a, there's a lot of good stuff on there. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't picked them up because the people that watch Shudder are like the real kind of diehard fans of horror, and to not have yeah. those kind of I want to say like the golden age of horror movies up there. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. A little bit, yeah. So I'm. Um... I'm currently trying to work my way through Halloween. Uh, I watched the fourth one last night, so um, just a, a, a few more to go. I think there's still like eight left. You're you're there's you're at so the mar many. you're at the marathon now. It's like it. This is when it gets morbid. This is when yep. we learn about every small little nitpick piece of origin about Michael Myers, and it all gets very confusing. Yep, I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, that, that's my moan. Just make these things available to yeah, people. Or at least, because I know that in England as well, it's so hard to find these things on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm. And it's yeah. like, there was, there's only specific box sets you can get for the Mike Myers movies. Like, I think you can get four, five, and six in a DVD pack, but they're also like 30 quid on Amazon because they're yep. so rare. I don't think a lot of these films were released in cinemas over here as well. Like at the time, I think they were mainly released in America, and because they were so cheap. Because I've been looking recently at um, like box office numbers for yeah. them, and for all the Halloween films, Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, all the sequels, they have no international numbers. Really? So they were released in North America, but it doesn't look like they were released anywhere else. They didn't get a wider release. That's quite interesting because you've got movies like like The Human Centipede Two, which was outright banned in the UK. For its yeah. content. So, I don't know. I mean, the UK's screening laws have always been stricter than others. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a story there. Maybe we look into it. Perhaps. Um, good moan section. Awesome. And a brisk one as well. A br um, it, would you look at that, Sander? Only 5 minutes, 45 seconds! <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at timekeeping. Um, so this week we're, we're going to talk about Blue Beetle. It's the newest addition to the DC Universe. Is it or is it the, the first edition of the new DC Universe? Yes, it is. James Gunn's big reboot. This is the first. The Flash is not canon. The Flash is no longer canon. It, yeah. Yes! Yes! Let's go! Um, <laughs> that's going to peak horribly. That is. Um, the, the, the pop on my mic because I don't have a pop filter is going to be dreadful. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, so this follows um, uh, Jaime Reyes, um, who suddenly finds himself in possession of an ancient relic of alien biotechnology called the Scarab. Um, and it forms a suit around him, and he fights some baddies, and Susan Sarandon's in it. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Can we first talk about how this movie's been released? Yes, it's, agreed. It's it's already been classed as a box office bomb, and with with fairly good reason. But also, maybe not. We'll we'll talk about it. So this is released in the middle of a writers and actors strike. So there can be no publicity for this movie from the actors, yeah, um, or really anyone involved, which is rough as it is. Um, it's also released right after maybe the biggest box office bombing comic book movie history and maybe even history of movies in The Flash. I don't know. Uh, that... Black, Black Adam's contending with that for me. Well, no, but like in terms of money. Oh, in terms Flash... of like statistic, yeah. Yeah, statistically, The Flash is the worst box office bomb in DC history. And so trying to come back off that, just that came out just two months ago, remember? Um, and Blue Beetle now has to follow up on that. They've not given it enough time to breathe, really, in no. terms of, you know, the the status of the universe. The, everyone thinks this is over now, but yet we've still got Aquaman coming out in December, apparently, even though we've still not got any trailers for it. Um, and that's still a part of the, the previous DC universe, but this is the new DC universe, but it was meant to go to HBO Max originally, and then it's been released into cinemas. The whole thing is a total mess. It opened last weekend. Um, it wasn't even number one in the world on its opening day, which is outrageous. So it only grossed about $45 million worldwide in its opening weekend. Um, it cost about 104 which is much better than anything else we've seen this summer. So it's not going to mm. lose a ton of money. I think overall they probably spent, including marketing and stuff like that, about $200 million. So they could push this further forward but it's it's still not looking good for this already yeah i mean you've also got to look into it as in this movie came it, this movie was in production when james gunn took over yeah and a lot of projects i assume james gunn has axed yeah this movie was given the green light um, because it's kind of self-contained. It is. Um, it, it's doing its own little thing, and I really appreciate that. However, it cannot be easy to be making a movie that was meant to be set in a wider expanded universe whenever an entire overhaul of that studio occurs. And yeah. you've just kind of got to get booted out the door... Because, shit, we need something that's, like, kind of universally safe to our canon. Yeah. And that's gonna kind of... it, It's it's all, you know, like, this is done, let's just push it out there. I feel as if Blue Beetle was maybe thrown to the wolves just a little bit. Um, for the sake of staving them off. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, um... I do feel sorry for it because it's it's not bad, like and it probably could have done a lot better, given a the little bit more yeah, more of a marketing push yeah. and the circumstances and because I I really like the main main actor. Um, I think you pronounce it uh, Zolo, Zolo Maraduana. I'm not gonna try because I don't want to seem like an asshole. 
but um, well, well my, my name is Xander it's spelt with an X his name is spelt with an X so I'm going to go with Zolo okay um, he's really good in this and, and I think he's really charismatic and I I want him to do some stuff in the future I mean if but... you've watched Cobra Kai the, the, the guy is very very talented oh he's in Cobra Kai he's the main character of Cobra Kai holy shit I didn't know that yeah okay He's... Okay, okay. Have you not watched Cobra Kai? I have not watched Cobra Kai. Oh my god, go do that, you monster! <laughs> yeah. That's my new moan for this week. Xander hasn't watched Cobra Kai. Um, yeah, no, I think... I think it also doesn't really help that Blue Beetle, having once been a DC household name in the golden age of comics, is no longer one at all. Um, yeah, no, I I know barely anything about this character. It, it, it's kind of unfortunate, and Jaime Reyes is the update to the original Blue Beetle. Um, he's the modern day update, and or sorry, the modern day person to take the mantle. Yeah, uh, he's the update to the character, but it's very very unfortunate because he's not he's not as household name as like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash. I think a lot of people were kind of skeptical skeptical about showing to this movie. People who especially aren't comic book fans. My parents would not touch a comic book movie. But if it's Spider-Man, they love Spider-Man. They know Spider-Man, if you get me. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Beetle, could I convince them to go see this movie? Not a chance. No chance in hell. So, um, yeah, outside of your comic book fans and your movie buffs, it's... It's not reaching. No, not at all. Um, it it's gotten some good reviews. Um, it's currently fresh at seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. The av the average rating's a bit lower. It's just a six point four. So that's sort of actually more middle of the pack. The audience score is ninety one percent, which is really high. And on IMDb at the moment, it's sat at six point eight. So it's it's genuinely like favorable people are yeah. liking it um i'm i think i'm probably a little bit more negative on this movie than you are based on your reactions yeah to how i've been talking i i'm a i'm so much more of a dc fan than i am a marvel fan yeah and i'm i'm really happy to see that DC have the ability to put out Blue Beetle's not like a masterpiece, but like a an, a favorable movie. I wouldn't say like a brilliant movie, but like a good movie. I enjoyed it. I think people, most people came out of that movie enjoying it. I had a few people come out of my cinema screenings. I overheard them saying that they couldn't wait for a sequel. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Never gonna happen, but yeah, sure, go off. Um, um, I, <laughs> I, don't I think know. I think we'll see. I think if if they're going forward with this, I think we'll see the character again. Yeah, definitely. But I I don't think he's going to get another solo movie. Absolutely not. It's yeah. I certainly enjoy this movie more because I'm I'm glad to get DC content for one, um, and I'm glad to actually see a DC movie with a somewhat well written story. Not it wasn't like amazing. But it was enjoyable. I I just I just couldn't help like I've 
feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah, I, I said... It feels like a retread of so many things. I've, I've I've put here, it feels a bit like a weird mashup of Iron Man and Venom. I, somehow? Yeah, I, I said this coming in last week. Uh, I think I said this to you, specifically. That it's gonna wind up being an Iron Man 1 movie. And people are gonna shit on it for being an Iron Man 1 movie. However... People still herald Iron Man One as like, oh, it's the thing, it's the start of Tony Stark's journey. I love you, three thousand. Oh my god! Like, if you look at Iron Man One, it's not a brilliant movie. It's, it's always good, but like, I'm not. It's just very basic. It's yeah, bare I'm, bones. Yeah, I'm not gagging to rewatch Iron Man One. And I think the same goes for Blue Beetle in that regard. That. I've watched it. I've gone. Holy shit! That's actually quite nice. I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see where the character goes. I think it builds a nice little local universe around it, and yeah. I think that's it's neat. I see. That's the problem with trying to reboot a well, trying to make a cinematic universe because you need the reason the reason the MCU works is because that first Iron Man movie was so solid and it is it's bare bones and it you know it's it's a good movie like sure if you yeah. look back at where the mcu is now you're like yeah, it's a bit bare bones whatever it's charming and this is the exact same but we're we're as a as an audience we're past that so they're trying to do an iron man here and have just a bare bones plot have this character and flesh him out and keep it like that but as an audience, we've seen this before, done done worse and done better, and we're just kind of over it. We, we, we expect more from superheroes movies now, not just to be fine and serviceable until we get to... We're, we're very impatient as audiences now We as well. are. Yeah, I mean... So, so I, I, just, I just don't see... The, the, a universe where this would have ever worked like the re they're doing when they're doing superman in a couple of years they're having a couple of members of the justice league in to make sure this universe is already lived in yeah. to, to say like this universe has been around for a while we're, we're hopping into these adventures superman is already an established hero and there's going to be a hawkman a green lantern in there as well so to have this and just have it be so bare bones it's feel like you know, it feels know. a bit like. I don't think it, it feels a little. Feels necessarily bare bones. It, the universe does feel lived in. I think with this, I I think there's a good number of notes in that movie, which would say otherwise. Yeah. Um. I do 100% get what you're saying though. I think. I like I hate the term like superhero movie burnout because like it's used so much by yeah fatigue yeah fa yeah but I do think we're hitting the point when the market's becoming saturated it's like I I made a point last year um to my friend um that I think superhero movies are going to very quickly become like the way you read comics you don't need to read every single book that comes out. You can go and watch the book that you like and then tune in for the bigger stuff because it includes the book that you like. Yeah. 
And I think that's where it might be going at this rate. I mean, it already is. Like, I've I've not watched Secret Invasion, but I still I still feel perfectly fine going seeing the Marvels in November and not being worried that I'm going to be out of the loop because yeah. Nick Fury's in it. Exactly. And I do think fatigue's happening because there's... The issue is with superheroes... There's so many characters that have so many parallels to their like parallels to one another. Like like you said, it feels like Iron Man and Venom taped into one. And yeah. unfortunately that's the character of Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle with the scarab. I it... like there's gonna always be, no matter what, unless you're getting those like really unique characters. Or kind of household names that are so emblazoned in our mind that they will trump any other that comes along. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like there's gun. There's I think there's always going to be similarities, and there's a difference between asking someone to pay like four quid for a comic and shelling out near a tenner for the cinema. I, I don't mind if I read a comic. I look at the art, I think, oh, the art's nice. Or I think, oh, the art's shit. And, actually, no, not the art's shit. Sorry to all the artists out there. But, like, <laughs> I don't prefer your art. Um, and then, like, I read the comic, I go, oh, there's similarities there. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. And then, you know, I've got that comic. I can read that comic. I can choose to continue. I haven't, like, burned three hours of my life away going to the cinema, paying a tenner, coming back home yeah it's time Pe people yeah. people don't have time to to see everything nowadays exactly this i, I was gonna say that this feels a little bit like the amazing spider-man no in a sense that we've already seen this kind of origin before and mm. Like the way Spider-Man films, they, the the universe does feel a little bit lived in. Like there are things mm, that are going okay, on okay. behind the scenes, um, and overall, it's just perfectly fine. Like it's there's nothing to write home about. I think most people would agree that it it looks good. Like the CG looks good, and that's really it. I, you know what I. I don't like the comparison to Amazing Spider-Man because I think they're different movies. Yeah, of course, but, of course. But I'm but, just but I'm I, I get the vibe. Yeah, I yeah. get the vibe. I get the vibe. Yeah. Um. So. I I yeah like I said I like um I like I like the main character. Um, I like his dynamic with his family. That the chemistry is they they feel like a family, which is great. I didn't find the movie overly like i didn't think most of the jokes landed um i didn't find it overly funny that i think the moments i liked the most were the ones where it's it's him in the in the suit and it, like when he i mean you see it in the trailer when he cuts the bus in half and he and he's in it's slow motion it, it, his eyes go wide and he covers his fa face like oh my god like that's that's quite funny and i think it's mainly his performance, I think I really like him. Yeah, I think this... Okay, I think the humour in this movie... It... 
I wouldn't put it on, like, Big Bang Theory tiers of laughter, because anyone... Oh, my God. If you've ever watched Big Bang Theory, look it up on YouTube. Funny. And find a, find clips of it without the canned laughter. It's not funny. I don't think it's anywhere near the tier of that kind of, like, forced laugh-along kind of thing. I think the the jokes are safe, to a degree. There's some that actually, like, you kind of go, hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I found myself smiling. Um, I think the action's quite good. The action for the most for the phenomenal. most part. Yeah, for the most part, the action is really good. I found some people on Twitter comparing the final battle to the final battle in Spider Man from two thousand two. I think that's really far. I what? I like how he looks like he's been in a fight by the end of it, and that's great. Is I that like it? I like that, and that's it. And but it's but it's far from the best superhero final fight I've seen. Oh no, it's not. I think... and, a, and a bit. Sorry, go on. I... No, no, you finish, please. I was, I was going to say, and a big problem with that is the fact that the villain is terrible. It's another. Oh, it's the same thing, but bigger I, and, it, and it, the guy has no character the guy has literally no character i up until a point that we'll get to in spoilers yeah i that 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 bit you're talking about in spoilers i would rate the villain like a nice mid five maybe a four and a half like look he's he's bad guy with similar powers to the hero like, surprise, surprise, who could have seen that coming? In, like, <laughs> you know, the origin movie that's going to kickstart, or not kickstart, but, you know, maybe, I don't know, waddle a little and fall over. The DC Universe. But, I mean, he's got a little bit more to him than the likes of Obadiah Stane, who's just like, Grr, profit! Grr, money! Grr, terrorism! Right, okay, like, okay, okay, at least Obadiah Stane is present and has a relationship no, that's with very the hero true. That's very throughout true. the movie. That's very like, true. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to it more in spoilers. Yeah, yeah we'll get to um, it more. Yeah. Um, I, I think in terms of representation, the movie is really important. Um, like, the, almost the entire cast is Latino, um, the, as is the director. And I think it's important that we have this kind of representation in movies, I think it's I think it's important for us to say that. Um, but I just wish the movie had been better. That's fair. It didn't... To my knowledge, this movie went through a few rewrites as well, didn't it? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. If, if memory serves me right, it went through a rewrite or two. Um, and actually, this movie's been, a bit, been in a bit of de developmental hell, if memory serves me right. Uh, when was Blue Beetle announced? It was announced in 2018. In fairness, we have had a pandemic in between. No, I, and it... I I agree. Oh, and pandemic also screws quite a bit up during movies. You can really tell when a movie is pandemic made. Um, you really can. But I'll, I'll be honest. 2018, mm, five years down the line, I think 
whenever I look at an announcement date as well, I always give it like a year in a year before as well, because there's a lot of corporate whole, like loopholes people have got to jump through, and a lot of things that need to be approved, and a lot of marketing that needs to be pitched to commissioners. Um. So 2018, 2017, I think this movie's had a little bit of a rough one, um, especially with COVID, all the de developmental time. Yeah. I'm, like, it's not the best movie out there, but I do think it's not great, and there's been a lot of factors that are out of the movie's control that have added to it not being great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it's had a rough ride, and it's... Considering that, it is, you know, it's well-made. Yeah. Um, but I just... I just didn't find myself invested. I didn't find it interesting. Which is a real shame. Um, I I also have a problem with... With, with the way that the movie uses the, um, the suit and the voice of the suit. Okay. So it's... I don't... That voice isn't really given a character. And I was kind of waiting for a scene where, you know, the two would discuss, you know, where the thing came from or what it's doing or what it wants. And we don't really get any of that. And yeah. Just... I, there's, there's parts in the movie where I genuinely think parts of the script were just chopped off like at the throat um but we will save that for spoilers i guess um because yeah. it's a shame because i think with a little bit more explanation a little bit more character given to what realistically should be your venom to your eddie yeah like there could be a little bit more to it there could be a little bit more life to it it's Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, um, should we should we just jump into spoilers? I think it's time for a big old spoiler warning. Okay. Um, be before that, we'll just say uh, what would you give this out of ten? Oh yeah, because we, we um, out of ten, out of ten. Um, I would give this movie a a scraping seven. Scraping seven. Scraping seven. I'm going to give it a flat five. That's fair. I respect that. Yeah. I, I do want to say as well, while we're here, um, I've got to give a big shout out to the nine-year-old kid who was sat behind me during this movie. Um, every time the villain would say or do anything, they murmured a passionate, no, <laughs> no. Adorable. Absolutely adorable. Um, but then extra weird, they were with, with their dad. And um, it got to the end of the final fight. And the dad was like, oh, the movie's over. And the kid was like, no, it's not. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not what you're talking about. And the dad was like, oh, no, yeah, no, it's basically over. We'll just go now. And they left after the final fight with, like, a, two minutes left. Oh, my God. Like, what What's wrong with this guy? Your kid is clearly invested in these characters. What's wrong with you? Um, so, yeah, very adorable. But also... What a douche. Yeah. Um, okay. If you have not seen this movie, 
and do not want to be spoiled, go away now. We are leaving the spoiler alert here in a moment. Uh, but if you have seen the movie or just don't care about being spoiled, then here's your spoiler warning. And now. Spoilers. Spoilers. What an amazing spoiler warning. So heavily produced. Thank you. Thank you. It really took me a long time to do it. I can tell. So I, I did it. I did that four years ago. You know. I know. I remember specifically when I did it as well. I had to do it for the um, the second episode I ever did was about Tarantino, um, and it was because we'd just seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. and so I had to do a spoiler warning for that. It was great. It's a great time. Um, okay, the villain has no character. We've got to talk about this villain. He has literally okay. no character. He barely says any words up until the final moment. He's about to die, and we get a long flashback showing his entire history. And it's like, this feels so stupid. I felt genuinely like a little bit offended that they thought this would work on me, that I would care about this guy now. Oh, well, well, now, now you've told me his entire backstory in 30 seconds before before the end of the movie, then yeah, I do care. What a great villain. No, do not care. Stupid movie, stupid villain. I hated it so much. It wound me up. Okay, so, should, all right, okay, first of all, I'm going to give the the footnotes on who this guy should be. Okay. So this is Conrad Carapax, also known as the Indestructible Man. Um, He is a rival to the original Blue Beetle, Daniel Garrett, whose costume we see in the kind of Blue Beetle basement, I want to say. Um, yeah. Next to Ted Kords, who's the second Blue Beetle. Now, Conrad Carapax um, is trying to figure out what the hell happened to Daniel? He's a little bit of a... He's actually kind of stupid in the comics. He's very egotistical. Um, he's one of those guys who assumes he kind of knows what he's doing when he doesn't. Um, and he travels to Pago Island, which was Daniel Garrett's kind of like one of his um, kind of stashes of his technology. And he finds this kind of alien war suit and he's like tinkering with his headset. And he's like, oh, it's going to allow me to control the war suit. And he accidentally uploads his brain an entire consciousness into the suit, killing his body. Um, so his new body is the indestruct nigh indestructible alien war suit. Um, he was introduced um, into the comics around the, oh, it was the 1960s, um, when Ted Cord was kind of coming out of his goofy golden age phase. Which I actually quite appreciate, because he appeared, I believe, in the first annual of that. So it's kind of like, it's close to the kind of reboot of DC uh, for the Blue Beetle title. And they brought that back. I appreciate that. Anyway, um, from there, he kind of goes a little bit crazy. Ted Court has to put him down. Um, but of course, he's the indestructible man and keeps coming back. Um, one note should be made about his one run-in with Jaime Reyes in the comics, um, where he has turned his like body into a steam-powered version of itself. It's no longer his big alien piece. It's just a steam-powered like mech suit. And I think Blue Beetle shoots him once and then walks away. Um, which... <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, there's there's so many better villains for Jaime Reyes. Um, but on top of that, we've got Omak. Um, so the Omak suit in DC. Let me get my notes up. Oh, so so this is a mashup of two. This is a mashup. I'm a mashup. I'm a mashup. Um. Okay. Um. So. Just an international checkmate. Um, Omak is effectively like an AI which has ties um, to uh, Blue Beetle, um, which it does steal its kind of shape shifting stuff from the Scarab. Um, but aside from that, it's it's a piece of tech that's like really heavily tied to like so much more of a bigger plot with the entire Justice League yeah and it's a little bit of a shame that they've I don't know just like taped it together and stuffed oh it's Omak oh I I can see what they're trying to do but it's so very far from what Omak should be um however at a retrospective so if I before you shit on me for like saying the villain's not, you know, horrendous. No, no. If, if 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 I write down if like without the movie, if I were to like create a wiki page of this villain, and I write down all the story beats, you know, out of the order that they appear in this movie, he's not a horrible villain. No, that's 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 absolutely right. Everything on paper, he's quite an interesting villain, but. The execution is The awful. execution is fucking dreadful. Awful. <laughs> like, it's genuinely, genuinely, it's all strung together in a one minute sequence as he has a knife to his throat. He's about to kill this guy. And he's like, hang on a second. L- let's see what why this guy's like this. See, see why he's being all crazy goofy. Also, <laughs> so stupid. Side note, I look. I get the idea that the final Omak suit or the Carapax suit. I'm going to call it the Carapax suit because it's not an Omak suit. Um, should be. I mean, the original one that before they like you know hardwire it to the Scarab, all that jazz. It beats the ever living shit out of Blue Beetle. They don't need that Scarab. No, they don't. Like, they really don't. Like, the Omak suit, before it gets the upgrade, it's like a walking tank. Yeah. Like, it can, like, jet boost, it can, like, shoot missiles, machine guns, it can, like, punch the Blue Beetle through walls and shit. You don't need the Scarab. Like... But there's... There's also, like... This is one of my problems. Like, that scene... Blue Beetle does get an upper hand at a point, but it's the suit taking over. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the only times in the movie they actually talk to each other. Yeah. And then, sure, like, there's a moment later on, there is an exact moment where they do become symbiotic and they work together, but the voice isn't even there. He's not talking to the suit. He's talking to his dad. And it's a really emotional beat, and I like that. I like those performances. But then, where's 
blue where's the scarab at all this i like i also because then after that they're just like having having a couple of bits of banter it's like they haven't worked anything out this guy Jaime doesn't even know what this thing is yet doesn't know what it wants with him what its motivations are where it's come from and why it picked him it doesn't know it he doesn't know anything by the end of this movie I, he's just like well i guess i guess we're stuck together <laughs> i really fucking cackled at that emotional beat whenever he like leaps towards the floating body of the blue beetle suit and it was like adam was fucking <laughs> adam and god yeah. <laughs> like at least have them like clasped hands or something why the yeah. fuck is it like the <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the fact that he's talking to his dad in his house. He looks out the window and just a giant blue beetle suit is out there flowing. Yeah! <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> I, I thought that looked goofy as all hell. Um, yeah. Okay. I I really need to talk about Ted Cord in this movie. Okay. Like how well lived the universe feels for someone that knows the comics. Okay. Um. Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, is, like I said in the non-spoiler section, used to be a household name of DC. And if you have stuck with DC this long, you are bound to have heard at least of Ted Cord, Blue Beetle. Um, he is best friends with Booster Gold, um, a time traveler hero who has all his future tech. He comes back in time and he's like... My superpower is going to be a superhero because I know when all the disasters are going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to show he's, up. Um, he's from small. Yeah, he showed but... up in Smallville. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're getting we're getting a, are we getting a TV show or a movie about I him? I believe so. Um, yeah. James going to announce that, didn't he? Yeah. Or I, I mean, yeah, I think he did actually. Um, yeah. And if he did, it fits excellently with how this movie leaves off. But. I think this movie did an excellent service to the kind of legacy of Blue Beetle. It made the universe feel lived in. It made it made Ted like Cord Industries feel like it's there. It's not just taped on. Like oh, it's an industry. It's a company. Oh, there's this one guy called Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle once. I you're you're made to kind of feel that Blue Beetle had a presence in the world, and I appreciate that quite a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, Jenny Cord as well in that movie was not bad. I enjoyed Jenny Cord. Yeah, she was cool. Um, I liked. Yeah, I I, I liked her. She um, she didn't have a bad performance either. No, absolutely not. Her her actress actually. She she put in some work with that. Um, yeah, there there were some moments that I. You know, I th- I thought were really really good. I d- I don't think there's a problem with any of the performances here. I do. Go on. Um, hold on. Let me let me get her name. Let's get it. Where are you? Yeah, Susan San- uh, Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. You didn't like Susan Sarandon? In no, this? I thought she was like the most whiny fucking villain ever. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. If you're telling like. I mean, she's here for a paycheck, isn't she? Really? Yeah, she, 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 she has no really idea what's is. going on. She has no idea what the hell's going on, you know what, what anyone's talking about. It's like, whenever she's like, Carapex, kill him. Say it with a little bit of heart. You're an evil woman 
who, like, abducted a child that got bombed by your company and is now, like, wired him into this, like, murder machine and you're like, kill the other child! Kill him! Like, <laughs> you at least say it with a bit of heart. It kind of feels like... Do you want a second take on that one, Susan? Yeah. No, 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 we're good. No, we're good. you're good? Okay. <laughs> She's like, your father disappeared. And if you don't stop snooping, you might as well. It's like, it's the most half-assed performance, in my opinion. I cannot be convinced that she's like an evil supervillain, like, corporate supervillain that's this like heartless like fucking numbers crunching megalomaniac i just i can't yeah she i get i get that i get that yeah she, she i don't think she was the worst thing in this but she's she wasn't no right. but the the, it, great. the issue is she's like she is unfortunately the catalyst that is one of one of the catalysts that is driving the movie it's her greed and yeah. I, I just, I just can't get behind her. It's like, I think this. Maybe you should get in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think the term I describe, like the energy she brings, is, eh, like meh. So like, she doesn't. It's a curious noise to choose. I'll be honest. Meh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I feel as if you punched her, she'd be like, oh no. I've been punched. Why'd you do that? I don't know, she's an evil villain. Whenever she's like <laughs> getting dragged off to be like self-destructed, she's like, Carapax, no! No Carapax! It's like watching like white parents like in the US who can't parent their children. They're like, <laughs> no! Stop Tyler. that! Tyler, stop Tyler. it! <laughs> no! <laughs> You sound sound like Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. What? What? No. no. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. But yeah, it's like that's what it reminds me of. It's like, yeah, she's here for a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I, I get that. Yeah, she she totally is, and that's, you know what? Good for her. She deserves it. She's she's done a lot of good for a long time. But we deserve she, better she, she villains in this movie. We deserve better villains, for sure. I'm, I'm glad that she got the bag, but also, you know, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come like, on. she looks on, the honey. part as well. She gives a really intimidating stare. Like She does. She does. But, I don't know. I just didn't feel exactly threatened by her. I was like, oh no, she's back on screen. Is that because she's a woman, Hamish? You know is what? That, is that what it is? Completely, no. Um, <laughs> male villains only, no. Um, <laughs> um yeah no yeah. i um did, did you stay for the post credits yes i very much did i did not what is wrong with you okay uh, well, in fairness i had tickets to go and see something else straight after so i had to run. shame on you shame for shame yeah. well did you go watch after um 2001 a space odyssey fuck you dude um i know, I know was so good right um okay so the post credit scene is you know how they turn on like ted cord's computer like jaime's uncle figures that out yeah uh, in the movie the post credit scene is the computer flickering on and it turns out that ted cord is alive somewhere 
he is trying oh. to send a signal to his daughter saying that he is alive. He doesn't know where he is, but he's he's like he's out there somewhere. We get to see Ooh. um like a kind of blurred outline of his face, like trying to talk through like static and stuff. That's um, cool. So the big theory is that he has gone off with Booster Gold. They get up to some absolutely bonkers shit in the comics. <laughs> um and it it kind of fits the vibe that they go on some sort of crazed like meth fueled adventure and they vanish. <laughs> um What did did they say at any point how he died in this movie? No, he vanishes. Um okay. he goes out to go be Blue Beetle and he just winds up not coming home. He disappears. Um, which gives me a big thought towards the kind of booster gold time travel stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I I am so incredibly down if we get a booster gold blue beetle like kind of buddy cop stuff. Yeah, it got announced uh, in January uh the booster gold show. Yeah, so that, that will have been with uh, well, with the Superman and the Batman thing we're getting as well. Yeah. I am so incredibly down for it. They are... They're like the most annoying best friends. And I'm kind of here for it. Um, I mean, I know it's bad podcast etiquette, but in general chat, I'm just going to quickly post something for you. It's a little uh, like front cover of a Booster Gold comic. Oh, like, cool like blue blue and gold like they they are like the most annoying like duo of friends and i'm <laughs> so ready to watch them tear up the screen together if that's where ted has gone that'd be cool i i'd i'd, I'd watch the hell out of that that sounds really fun like they they are such <laughs> they're not useless superheroes but they like they are so very well known for getting into situations way way over their heads <laughs> like I, I i'd be interested in watching it i don't know about anyone else because again blue beetle's not exactly a well known. Well, i mean i mean they're doing the... they're doing what is it the um that the group show they're doing oh uh the authority the authority never even once heard of that I... in my life. The first time I'd heard about that was when James Gunn said we were doing they were doing something about it. I'm like, oh okay, cool, that's great. Yeah. So the... I, I I have faith that James Gunn will be able to because obviously I know you like this is part of the new DCU, but James Gunn had nothing to do with this. So I yeah. I have faith in going forward. DC should be doing okay. I, I think the authority is... He's gambling quite a bit on that. Um, he really is. Especially since the authority is kind of packed full of names that no one is going to know. Aside from Superman, who shows up to like deal with the authority I think once. It's... It's interesting is what it is. Um, yeah. We'll see. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly excited to see what they do with Ted Cord. 
we struggled. And a shout out to them, including Daniel Garrett. They had absolutely no need to. They could have just gone with it's Ted Cord. Um, but I mean, uh, they 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 rolled with it. I they 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 gave the the history to, that the character deserved, and I'm I'm really happy they did. There's a lot of people talking about um, oh, who's the actor from Ted Lasso, um, main Jason Sudeikis. Yes, there's a lot of talks about him having been cast to play Ted Cord. <laughs> um, which I would be so happy if that was the case. I would be so incredibly happy if it's him. I do like him. I do like him. Um, I think he fits the vibe of Ted excellently. And it would be yet another you. character he plays called Ted. Called Ted, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention? Because I'm kind of done with this. Um, I think there's a whole lot chopped out of the script. Um, in regards to the development between Jaime and the Scarab. Yeah, we... absolutely. That's my biggest problem with this. They just, they're just together at the end. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay. We we learned the Scarab's name in a passing line. Yeah. And I still don't know it. And don't tell me because I don't care. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to see some more. Um. I also don't know why the hell. Please, please, sir. Can I have some more movie? Yeah, please. Um. I'm also really confused why at the beginning the scarab was hidden across, like, what? I can understand why it's hidden across, like, several different dig sites if Ted didn't want it falling into the wrong hands. Why the fuck is it in a giant ball? Like, what? I don't know, man. Wh don't what? Ask me this shit. I don't what? Know. I just work here. It's. Huh? <laughs> mind-boggling stuff um i think the family's actors are all fantastic uh the fact that the grandma was a like a cuban like uh liberator or like revolutionary i feel like, I, I feel like that joke went on just a little too long it like, did I, I, at first it's quite funny and it's like quite out of nowhere but then like it just sort of keeps going i'm like oh, okay okay um, i get it it's Oh, yeah. funny grandma. Gra grandma can't do that. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So, um, it's like the same thing I saw in Aliens in the Attic when I was nine years old. Oh my like, god. Um, really enjoyed the scene whenever the scarab, uh, like the Ted Cord's like big scarab, uh, begins to like walk. They engage beast mode, as it's called, on it. It like it starts walking. Oh, like, it starts walking. It like yeah, impales yeah. a guy on its foot. Yeah. Like that was. You know what? I really enjoyed that. I really, really enjoyed that sequence. Yeah, I, all the action is really good, and it, um, the the director uh, Angel Manuel Soto, he's um, he's directing a new buddy cop action movie with Jason Momoa and Dave Bautista. Okay. So I'm absolutely there for that because this guy can clearly do action, clearly can do action, and can do good fun dynamics. So I'm I'm excited for that. If the script's strong for that movie, then exactly, it be good. and gives me all the more faith for a Booster Gold, Blue Beetle yeah. show. Um, but yeah, aside from that, that that's my highlights. I think the end fight is brilliant. Um, I actually had to run to the toilet just before the end fight, so I did miss a little bit. 
Um, but I think it was just grandma shooting some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think maybe the movie leaves off in quite a nice place. It does. It does leave off in a nice place. Um, just like we're going to leave this spoiler section off in exactly. a nice place. Um, welcome back. Oh my god. Um, you miss you miss so much. You miss so much. Where have you been? You should go watch we, the movie we wor- and come back. We were worried about you. You've not been here for so long. Yeah, go watch the movie, come back and spend more time with us. And if you really enjoyed yeah. us, check out our past episodes as well. Oh, you're so good at this. Thank you. Um before we go, we're gonna uh, we're gonna sell you a bloody movie or a TV show or a game or a music or a book if you're a nerd. Oh. I'm going to let you take the spearhead on this. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> I would like to sell you a movie I saw on the same day as this. Oh, um, here we go. I, I, I've, I've, got the, um, I've got the Limitless Card at Odeon, and so I, if instead of going, because I don't drive, so I walk to and from, it's like 20 minutes there and back. So, um... So I just sort of go once a week and go and see a bunch of movies in one day. Um, and so I went to see Strays, the new Oh, okay. Starring Will Ferrell as a dog. Um, and it's about a dog that gets abandoned by its douchebag owner and he's trying to get home. He meets some other strays along the way and they have an adventure. And it's very much in the vein of like a... Um, what is it like Homeward Bound that sort of thing where it's like do- talking dogs um, or like Air Bud that kind of thing so it's got the animation on the mouth that makes them look like they're yeah, talking but, uh, um, as, but it's as the, rude yeah the selling point of the movie to my knowledge about the marketing is fuck people who abandon their dogs and they should have their balls bitten off yeah no the, well, I mean the movie's marketed as it's it's a dog movie, but they say swears, and that's you know, that's a fun gimmick to get you because that will get my butt in the seat. That, that will do will, it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a simple man with simple taste. <laughs> I'm not saying but, I'm cheap, but I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is the third comedy film I've seen this summer that has just been like I've gone in thinking this will be fine, and it's full of solid jokes really a couple of really big belly laughs and a lot of heart like no hard feelings early in the summer was really solid i love jennifer lawrence's performance in that i saw joyride a few weeks ago which was really solid again it was some really big laughs and a lot of heart and this is the exact same like will ferrell is such a good vocal performer He's got that. He's got like two modes. He's got like Ron Burgundy, and like I'm trying to think of an elf, mm. where it's like sweet, you know, doesn't really know anything, and it's just kind of like, oh wow, okay, I'm just gonna believe everything you say, and that vocal performance in this movie is is just perfect for this character. The dogs are adorable. Like I'm a simple again. I'm a simple man. Dog, dogs are cute. Um. Yeah, I think the movie's really funny. Um, it's got a lot of crude humour. There's a lot of, like, you know, willy jokes and and poo jokes. But, nice. you know, that's, that's what dogs do. Dog, dogs sniff each other's butts and they poop a lot. Um, and thankfully, most of the poop humour is put into one specific scene. Um, but, yeah, the, no, the movie's really cute. 
a lot of fun, and I I think it when it comes on Netflix, it's going to be like number one for a while. Okay. Because I think people are going to discover this thing. So, yeah, um, I want a dog, and yeah, go watch this movie. It's kind of fun. Strays. It's everywhere at the moment. Awesome. Um, my recommendations are going to be. There's a little bit of a a a story to this one. So. Oh, I love a story. Um. After last week's episode on the goat tournament, where prey, prey measured up to, I think it was Watchmen. It did. And I was like, "Look, it's my Watchmen's on my own list, but it's just not gonna happen." Also, go watch that. <laughs> go listen to that episode if you haven't listened. Um, it's really good. It was a really, really good, good episode. Um. So yeah, I was like, "Look, Watch Watchmen is not winning this one. Prey's phenomenal." I found out my dad hadn't watched Prey, so we sat down and watched Prey, um, and he really enjoyed it. Now, after that, I was like, I'm going to rewatch the Predator movies. I absolutely love the Predator movies, and I know I can't rewatch the Predator movies without our other co-host, Alex, who I introduced to the Predator franchise, and they are obsessed with it, and rightfully so. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then as I was like scrolling through it, I was like, oh my god. The, some of the later movies are absolutely dog shit. Uh, yeah. Looking at you, the Predator, um, who, who really unfortunately has Boyd Holbrook in it, who's like one of my favorite actors out there. Um, yeah. Boyd Holbrook, your number, please. Um, and it's a shame. Um, and I was feeling really down um, because I'm autistic, and that kind of thing genuinely upsets me. And. <laughs> I was I came across um my parents watching Ted Lasso downstairs and sat down I hadn't started season three yet and Joe and Swan are the culprits for getting me into Ted Lasso because I used to come downstairs so I used to live on the third floor of our house come all the way downstairs once in a while to like eat dinner and then go back upstairs because I could not be bothered walking up and down two gigantically steep flight stairs. Yeah, they were steep they were dreadful. I fell down one of them and put my leg through the banister. It was so painful. Uh, so, uh, so painful. Um, but I, I think that night I wound up like taking a seat with my dinner and then not moving for, I, I want to say, three hours. <laughs> about like a show I had no clue what was about. I was just like, this feels really nice. Like, it just feels right. And I've got back, I've restarted season three. I'm watching season three right now. And please, 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 if you want a movie that's going to like make you find faith in humanity again, not a movie, sorry, a TV series, go watch Ted Lasso. That series will make you find like peace with the universe once more. It's so, it's just a damn good, feel good series. And it has so much to say about mental health. Yeah. Like, oh my god. You're preaching into the choir here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you're, I love you're the converted show. Ted Lasso fan. Yeah, no, I, I was watching this from day one when it first came out. Rightfully so. You know, I'm, I'm a big football fan, so I was like, show about football? Absolutely. But it's not. And then, it's not about then the football, is it? Well, that, that's it. The first season ended. And then I told my friend um, at university, I said, go watch this show man he's like 
it's about I said it's about football. He's like, okay, I'll check it out. And he described it in the perfect way. He said, "You come for the football, but you stay for the relationships." Yeah. And it's like that's absolutely it. That's absolutely it. The show's really well written, and it's um, I've, I think I've talked about this before, but it's got a wonderful when when people when when there's um, it's like anti conflict. The whole show is anti-conflict yeah. because two people will have, like, so, someone's kept a secret from someone and it gets revealed. They'll have a discussion about it. Or if someone someone's upset about something that someone else has done, instead of letting that build up and build up, they will discuss it and it will be resolved. Like, And it's so, it, it's, it feels really real yeah. and not sensationalized for TV. Even when you think there's going to be some sort of, like, fight people take a second they breathe and they go you know what let's talk about it yeah it, it's it's really like validating to people like i've i've quite a bit of patience like when it comes to arguing with people and i do my best my utmost best to like take that second and breathe and it is so like validating to see other like a a TV series that doesn't just sensationalize like ripping into each other it it teaches us that we can be good people and it is possible and it, it's just a, yeah absolutely it's a damn good absolutely. show to watch what? yeah really Go. good show and it also reinforced my like faith in the Predator franchise so <laughs> um thank you Ted Lasso for doing something you never thought you'd do um but yeah that's, that's my some recommendation. Good, some, so, some hearty recommendations. Um, that is going to do it for this week, then. Thank you so much for listening. Um, next week, we've got a special guest coming on. Um, fans of the podcast from a while ago will, will recognize the voice. Um, but you'll be seeing that next week. And we're going to be coming back to another blind pitch. Uh, so if you ha- miss our last blind pitch episode, make sure you go back and check it out. It was a lot of fun. And Hamish loved it. Um, so we'll I, I, I came out on top last time, didn't I? You did, and it will be fierce competition this time. Ooh, I've uh, okay. gone away. I made a new list of titles and actors and actresses. So um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you check that out. Hamish, where can the people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Beaten Hamish. Uh, super, super original name. My second <laughs> name first. I'm a first name for second. Oh, I nearly got tripped up on that. Um, <laughs> And as always, if you haven't taken your medication, I am in your walls. That scratching noise you hear at night, that's me. I'm going to start hearing scratching noises all the yeah, time. Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Xander, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, on Letterboxd. Uh, my uh, thing is uh, the real Xander LW. The link will be in the description. Everyone's links will be in the description as well. Uh, make sure you check out our Twitter account, which is run by Alex. They're still having great fun with that. They are having um, insurmountable amounts of fun posting <laughs> on that. Um, also, make sure you check out our Instagram pages, um, which have posters every week done by Joe, who's incredible. So thank you, Joe, for making those. And um, yeah, we will see you next week for our Blind Pitch episode with our special guest. So make sure you tune in for that. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.